Hello and welcome back to the Stress Sessions podcast. I'm Luke and this week I'm talking to Welsh rugby union player Lloyd Ashley. He plays for the Ospreys. Lloyd is doing some great things of his own to help and teach people about mental illness with Project Living Well with Lloyd Ashley. So make sure you check it out if you get the chance. This was personally a really interesting one for me to listen back to as it was the first podcast I recorded for Series 2. But as you'll hear, everything is pretty much still the same. So nothing's out of context, which is pretty lucky. So let's just jump straight into it. Here's the stress sessions with rugby union player Lloyd Ashley. Hey mate, you okay? Yeah, not too bad, man. How are you? Good been? man. Yeah, very good, very good. You're a rugby player for Ospreys, and yeah. you're, you've had over a hundred caps for them, which is amazing. So yeah, t- tell me about yourself. Like, what, what's your journey in terms of like the the sport of rugby union, and what what is your story? Yeah, cool. I'm well. Thanks for thanks for doing this. I know it's quite. Very enjoyable from my point of view as well. I think what you're doing is brilliant, uh, giving people a voice of their journey and letting people learn from others' experiences that we don't normally get a chance to learn from. So, yeah, my name is Lloyd Ashley, professional rugby player for the Ospreys. Um, like you said, been fortunate enough to play over 100 games for the club, been fortunate enough to captain the club on numerous occasions. So, yeah, most people listening probably think, yeah, he hasn't got a real job. And that's probably how I look at it as well. Very fortunate to do what I do and actually love um, doing what I do. Um, but probably most people look at professional rugby players and think it's just a straight road to get there. You're talented as a youngster and then you become a professional rugby player. But the journey any person travels to become a professional is uh, far from that. And some might be a bit straighter than others, but I'm sure most have uh, curves and roundabouts thrown in the way as they're, uh, as they're trying to get there. So... Um, like I said, I love doing what I do. Still have to be in the uh, Osprey's first team for the last nine seasons. Still absolutely love uh, doing what I do. So I'm very fortunate in that respect. But rugby teaches you a lot about, um, I know we look at it from a sports psychology point of view a lot of the time, but from a mental health point of view, of um, there's obviously clear risk assessments, uh, risk factors in, in rugby, the, the fact that we have to get selected every week to do our job. Um, not many jobs get that where you work really hard all week and you still don't get a chance to do your job on the weekend that's, that's a unique unique thing for sport um, injuries the the everybody says oh yeah they're part of the job it doesn't make them any easier to deal with when you when you have them um, short-term contracts like uh, average career in rugby is seven years so you're thinking that if you do over there it's fine to say oh you've done well but you're still you're still obviously taking the risk every time you take the field it could be your last game um, so there's lots of risk factors that go with it but there's obviously the fact that your short term contracts your one two year contracts that they could be the last time that uh, you take the field or the last time you're able to provide from your family from something you've 
put so much time and energy into. So there are those risk factors, but there's also things that are amazing for you as life skills, like Bill's resilience, being able to perform under pressure, um, being able to be around like-minded people every day. And like from a mental health point of view, you talk about having 50 boys around you that actually care. And maybe hard to show it from a mental health point of view is in talk um, open honestly about feelings. Obviously, that's still something we're trying to break down. The barriers and the stigmas there, but the fact that you know whatever went on, that those boys have got your back. And to, to know that from a mental health point of view is uh, hugely rewarding. And the, one of the things I love doing is coming in in the morning, just having a chat with people, having a bit of a, having your coffee and just saying, oh, how's everybody, what are you doing? And I'm not saying uh, all the time it's an open forum and people are allowed uh, to take their masks off and speak openly, but we're in a lot better place than we was when I was starting my career as well. That's really nice to hear that it's, it's developed so much since you, you started your career because I, I don't know. I, I mean, like I'm, I'm completely wrong with this opinion, but I would have thought that well, when, when you think of a rugby player, you think of a big burly guy, they're really, really physically fit. They've got, they're like hard as nails, like nothing, nothing's going to phase them. You're just going to walk for, walk, walk for your day. Like, right. I'm a rugby player, I'm going to do my job, get this done, and then that's it sort of thing. It's so nice that you're saying that it isn't like that. And I think that was the stigma back in the day, wasn't it? That all sports people, not just not just rugby players, but kind of footballers, cricketers, any 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 sport was stigmatised that anything that was thrown at them, they, they could handle it when it's not like always like that, is it? No, we're not immune to the statistics, the... The one in four people are going to struggle. The, the the statistics that show that like there's been suicides in, in rugby, whether that's league, union, other sports. So sadly, we're not immune to what the all the pressures that life throws at us. And obviously, um, elite sport comes with its own pressures. But we all you see uh, photos of rugby players, football players, basketball players with their families. They got the same things going on out of work as everybody else. Says, and sometimes we don't see them as human beings, and it's easy to see, uh, you know, when you've got people who are six foot six able to run as fast and as big as they can to think of them as almost superheroes. But actually, the their uh, mental capacity and the mental makeup of those players are very similar to anybody doing what we deem as a normal job. So, there's pressures that come with it, and yeah, sadly, we did see it as a fact that you can't say you're injured. You can't, you can't complain about any pain you're feeling physically. Um, but, and that transferred to, we shouldn't admit if we're not feeling right emotionally. And it was a thing in the past of, you're lucky to do what you do. Well, no, we're not actually lucky. We commit a hell of a lot. Our family commits a hell of a lot. We put a lot of time and effort into becoming a professional, staying at an elite level. We're allowed for, to say that, yeah, times are hard. And, mm. and that, that we'll all have that. We're, like, I look at our season last year, we won two games across the season. Like, I sat there having a coffee with the boys saying, this is tough. And like, you've got yeah. other boys, at that point, you've got other boys saying, mate, it is, isn't it? Like, I'm glad like you felt like that as well. I was speaking I was speaking to my wife about this the other day. I was speaking to my girlfriend. I was speaking to my friends about this the other day. Well, it's just breaking down that conversation, creating a safe space. And we probably didn't have that safe space because nobody wanted to be the first person to say, to admit to it, to say that they were there, to put an arm around somebody. Didn't want to be that first person because we were a bit worried about what reaction we get. Whereas now there's there's more and more people being able to create that safe space for people and put an arm around. And 
by no means are we there yet. Um, I've just taken on the um, the role as uh, mental health and well-being uh, lead for the WRPA Welsh Rugby Players Association. So hopefully um, that like my aim and the aim of the WRPA is to carry on breaking down the stigma, start education around mental health and make the conversation more normal. So that is, that is our aim. So we can't say we're there yet, but I always say to people, we are being very proactive in a reactive stage. We didn't have it in place at times. We're shooting ourselves in the foot a little bit because we didn't have it in place, but now we're working really hard to get that in place and leaving no stone unturned to try and get the right systems, the right structures, the right support for players. Because like I said earlier on in the conversation, we are not immune to these problems. There's no, it doesn't, these problems don't discriminate against who you are. They don't say, oh, here we are, you've got a high profile. We're not going to, we're not going to cause any harm to you. We all, we all have very similar lives um, off the pitch. And we sometimes do look at that uh, field, whether it's the Principality Stadium and look at these people and go, oh my God, there's uh, 30 superheroes playing on that field. Whereas you get a chance to speak to them and and you, I'm sure, like me, you've heard fans speaking and saying, oh, so-and-so, so down to earth. He's just, he's just like one of us. Well, we are just one of you. We, yeah. we, were, uh, we, were, we were the friends in school. We were the friends in the local rugby team. We were just very fortunate enough to have opportunities, take our opportunities uh, make the chances and sometimes have a bit of good luck as well. We can't we can't hide behind that as well. So yeah, there's so many similarities to us being very normal people that some people don't look at us look at us as and we also look at it as we learn so much from rugby. Like those things those skills we take forward hopefully make us better people going back into society because we're not going to stay as rugby players for a, for a long time in terms of our life. Like, like I said earlier, seven years average career. If you're very lucky, you might make 35, 39. There, um, Ian Goff made 39 in fairness to him. And like, that's, that's very unfamiliar. But even then, you've got 20, 30 years of your working life still left to go. So it's a very short-term um, thing of being a professional rugby player. So make the most of it, enjoy it. But... Um, we've got to remember as well when we're in a little bubble that people like to put us in and like to massage our ego for us. We've got to remember as well that we we are human beings and just the same as everybody else as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's a brilliant way to put it. And you you've spoken about your um, your new role in the Welsh Rugby Players Association Mental Health and Wellbeing Lead, which is like hands down to you. That's that's brilliant, mate. That's that's a great achievement, and it's it's great that you've kind of put, put yourself forward to do that yeah because not everybody would not 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 everybody would have the courage to do that by kind of trying to crack up, crack on that stigma stigma and breaking it down you're doing a great thing you kind of briefly touched upon it but what does the role entail so is it going to be like you're going to be going into other clubs and having those conversations that you've been having in your club and how's that going to work yeah so the first uh, most important thing that was really important to me was getting a get a program going that was quite robust for for the academy setup these are the players that we can have huge influence on moving forward uh, these are the players that have probably got less learned behaviors and more more of a sponge to absorbing information and understanding and they're also the players whose lives are going to change quite quickly over the next couple of years and whether that's a very good thing as become a professional rugby player and start pushing on elite level or whether that's losing rugby so they might lose their 
contract and go from the biggest thing in their school, the biggest thing in their rugby club, and all of a sudden they haven't been given a contract, and now everyone's going, oh, I used to play rugby for for the Ospreys, the Dragons, the Scarlets, the Blues, and then right, how do we equip these these young young men that they are resilient to this and they understand that. I can put these coping mechanisms in place. I can have these structures in place to support that. To support that, and then you look from a side of rugby. They still, like I said earlier, they they've still got normal lives going on. A lot of them are in education. Some of them might have jobs. All of them have got family and friends around. So that breeds its own strengths and weaknesses. So how how do we equip these, uh, like I said, young men so that they can deal with those things? And they keep their feet on the ground as well. That's very important that uh, it's easy when uh, you go on social media and you've got people saying you're the best thing in the world, your family's telling you're the best thing in the world. It's easy not to remember who you are and what, what you are about. Um, but it's also then the, also the information that we've got to provide that social media can be a harsh place as well. And yeah. I guarantee you the negative comments will stick with you more than their uh, positive comments do. So how do we equip these boys to realize that um, it's easy for us to say they're keyboard warriors, but when we have the message, we, we take it personally. It doesn't, we can't, it's not easy just to say, oh, that's come off a keyboard warrior. I'm not going to take that serious. I don't know who this guy, I don't know who this person knows. I don't know who this person is. They could be a really important person. They could be somebody of influence they could be it doesn't and sometimes it doesn't even matter if they're not if i'm in a bad mood i'm a we might have lost a game i've gone onto social media i flicked on i've seen um something i've, I've seen it i'm not i could i can even name examples um apart from lloyd ashley we have a brilliant we have a brilliant side there we are that's lovely for my family to read like yeah. they're thinking they've put a lot of time and effort in. it's not just me who's put time and effort into for me to become a professional athlete um it's them and for them to see that after seeing day in day out the sacrifices i make the time the effort the, that goes into it not just from me but from them for them to see that, that that's tough as well so we look at the player but it's important to remember they got a family around them that can hugely be affected by yeah, by rugby. So yeah, that's that was the first thing I wanted to put in place. We're just starting to get that around the regions. Uh, we've done it at the Ospreys and the Dragons. Um, Blues is being done next week, and hopefully Scarlet's will be done in the Scarlet Academy. Will be done in the next couple of weeks. Um, also, it's obviously around destigmatizing uh, mental health. So the more stuff we can put out, like I've got a page called uh, Living Well with Lloyd Ashley on Instagram. And that's for, that's for my own venture, but it's also used for sport because I have a thing on there called uh, Four Questions With. And I've got, um, I'm up to about 30 episodes now with ex-professionals, current professionals, professionals from different sports. So we've got like, um, we've got a singer, um, an actor, um, uh, elite long distance runner. So we've got a range of different people speaking about why it's important that we break down this stigma why it's important that we speak about mental health and how we look after ourselves because sometimes we throw the statistics out and it's so important that people understand the statistics and how many people are affected by mental health because we need to try and find a way to engage people into the conversation but if that's all we're going to throw out there people are not being educated on how to look after themselves what preventative measures to put in place and that's the most important thing from my point of view. We know the risk factors in rugby. We know the short careers, the getting picked every week, um, the social media stuff. Um, 
injuries always happen, whether they're big ones or small ones. We know those risk factors, but how do we put preventive measures in place so we look after players so they understand when those things happen that there's a way through? Because sometimes you put everything in, it hasn't come out your way. We're going to feel like a victim or we're going to feel like we've been battered and kicked backwards in a way. But what, what do we put in place? So we remember that it's so important to stay connected, so important to be out in the fresh air. It's important to do something that's not rugby-specific and learn skills in a different area because you'll feel better about yourself. Important to give to others. What can we do? It might be that um, even though we can't, we can't play, we give a signed jersey to a charity and it, it raises a profile for a charity, it raises some money for that. It's going to make us feel good and it's those small things if we, if we can... T- do, if we can put those things in place for people and people understand how much better it's going to make them feel that hopefully we have more robust people, more resilient players leaving rugby at whatever stage they leave and go into the world of real work or wherever they go after <laughs> it as, as more educated and more rounded people. And that's, that's beneficial for rugby and society. And if we, if we can do that, that is like obviously the ultimate goal and just making uh, that emotional resilience. We obviously at times we're all going to struggle with it. There's going to be things that happen that we struggle to show, especially short term, show any resilience to. It's going to, it's going to affect us. We're, we're emotional. We're emotional beings. That's what we're made up. That's what we're made up of. But if we can put those things in place, so we slowly creep away of them, slowly start putting those things back into our daily routine, our weekly routine, we're going to feel better. We're slowly going to feel our well-being pick up, our well-being scores when we're thinking about them, our happiness moods, uh, our endorphins be going again. So we're getting that little dopamine hits here and there. So we're feeling a lot better about ourselves. That's, that's, that, that seems obvious when we're feeling very good and in a very good place. But it's the hardest thing to get back to when things are, when something, like I say, has kicked us in the teeth or felt like it's rocked us backwards. It's, it's always the hardest thing. But if we know these things, we're educated in what, what will help us, hopefully we do that a day sooner, a week sooner, a month sooner than we would without our education because we cannot take away certain risk factors from rugby and we can't take away certain life factors. We wouldn't want to. We want people to have lives. We want people to enjoy what they do. We want people to have a, a nice, uh, loving family outside. But with that, does come some, some risks as well. And it's important that we get that balance of understanding so they enjoy their time as rugby players even more, but enjoy their life. Like, we don't want... Uh, we're not just looking at these as rugby players. We are looking at these as human beings first because they all are. And you mentioned about coping mechanisms then. Have you got any kind of top coping mechanisms that you have or re- would recommend in, in using? To me, um, physical activity is so important. Luckily, it's my job. And, but the hard thing is it's always scheduled to you, as in when it is. So then even on days off, I make sure, even if it's take the dog out for a walk, take the dog out for a walk. Um, love podcasts, love listening to different people's point of views understanding and engaging on different people's point of views. Um, the last couple of uh, years as well, I spent time, um, not really, really got into it, but just when things feel a bit overwhelming, getting into deep breathing, um, trying to get back to present where we are at the moment, what can I affect right now? Because those things are either to come or they've gone in the past normally, the things we're worrying about. So the thing probably right there at that point in time is probably not your biggest worry. And 
that's why as well we miss out on those really impactful human connections at times because we're not present in what we're doing and how can we whether it's take a couple of breaths whether it's whether it's journaling and writing down some notes just to bring yourself back into that moment so you so you enjoy you feel really connected with someone and obviously at the moment it's really hard we we can't see people we um we're going on to say like even sign on to zoom you're worrying oh is it gonna work is it gonna think so by the time you click onto it you're not actually present but how do you bring yourself back in when it has all signed up and go okay it's on it works happy days let's enjoy this let's do this so it's just those little mechanisms you have uh, you have for yourself and the one thing that's really changed my opinion on certain things is that and it's, it's a stupid story and i've told it like loads of times on different uh, on different platforms but uh when i go to training nearly every morning uh, i put my dog at the back I've got a, like i say at the back i got a nice run for her she got a nice uh, home to to go in but she at the back she's locked away obviously summertime it's freezing cold coming down sideways weather wise and lock her on there say six seven hours um open the gate she sprints out jumps all over you so happy to see her you're thinking i just locked you round there all day and you're still happy to see me how does that work but as human beings if somebody shut us off over there for that amount of time when we seen them we'd we'd let our frustration let our chimp come out and beat our chest a little bit to prove a point we don't just come back into the present moment and think oh i'm out of there now let's let's enjoy this and that that mentality of and I'm not saying we want to be locked on the side of a house for for eight hours, but that the fact that when we get a new new connection, a new moment, how do we make the most of it and moving forward? If if I can be, if I can be, if you can be, if everybody else can be more present in the moments, I I think everybody will have more enjoyment. They'll be more impactful. You'll feel more fulfilled. And we all know that at times there's been somebody who's put their arm around us, seemed like there's nothing else in the world and just spoke to us. And we've gone, that was nice. Yeah. We've all, we've all done it, but we've all also been the person as well who's asked somebody that they're okay and been on our phone and then, and then gone, oh yeah, yeah, I asked them are they okay and completely not present. So how do we get to the fact that we have an impact on people's lives? And there's so much going on. We have busy lives. So we're not able to always go, right, live in this present moment and forget about everything else. Because some things are really important to us. But how can we do that more often? How do we do that when we see signs or symptoms on someone else that they need time? How are we able to put our stuff away? and concentrate in that moment. So that person has got 100% of your attention. I'm not saying you're able to give them advice and or tell them the right thing, but they've been able to speak to you openly, honestly, because you've created a safe space for them. And that's and that's a, that's a huge thing. And that's something I've learned over the last couple of years. I went to do um, an introduction to counseling course probably about three years ago. And okay. I really learned from that that it's how you ask people your body language and the fact of being present. We're not going, you're all right, looking over the other way, or you're all right when we're on our phone or as you're walking past. And then like you ask yourself, how many times have I done that today? Yeah, probably most conversations. Or at the moment, we probably texting, WhatsApping people rather than FaceTime people. We've all got access to it. 
when we FaceTime people, you feel more connected. I'm not saying you can actually be there physically, but at times we're still using that as an excuse. Like, I'm not saying FaceTime's as good as the physical face-to-face, but we're not allowed that. So what's the next best thing? And it's easy to text somebody, you okay, on a text message. We all know we've text back saying, yeah, good, when, when we'd rather say a little bit more and have a conversation. We've all, we've all done it, and we, can't, and we can't get away from that. But if more people are present, understanding, giving people more time, I think as a society, we'll be a lot more open, we'll be a lot more honest, and that, that connection builds those chemicals in us that make us happy, that make us feel better about ourselves, make us more positive. And then the more of those we can get around, a lot more positive everybody around us is going to be. <laughs> it's, it's funny you should bring up the texting and then being like, oh, you're right, or, or like just not being in the zone or not being present in that situation. I do it all the time. I'll be on, on Instagram. So I'm literally just on my phone all the time, checking it like, oh, new f- few new followers. Oh, somebody's like this, like that. And then my wife's sitting there like trying to have a conversation with me and she's like, you're not even listening, are you? And it's so, it's so hard to kind of be present, I think, in this, in this modern day, especially yeah. when you're locked away in your house under lockdown. It's, it's Our pretty- social life's 24-7, which it hasn't been before. Like used to, like it's positives and negatives to this. Like I talk about it from a bullying point of view. It's sad because youngsters can get bullied now 24 hours a day, whereas it probably used to be in school or used to be somewhere where they'd go. And then the rest of the time, they had a safe space. Whereas a lot of the stuff online now is 24-7. But on the other hand, the, the thing, I've, I'm, I'm not just because I'm saying that uh, you should be present. Do I get it right all the time? I, like, there's loads of times. I was holding, uh, I was holding my, with me and my wife. I had uh, twin girls just over 12 weeks ago. And there's be times I've got one of them over <laughs> my shoulder, wind in here. And my wife's saying to me, why are you on your phone? Enjoy, enjoy being with her. You've been in work all day. And I, I'm like, yeah, she's completely right. Or, I, or my chimp comes out, they go really defensive. And I go, yeah. no, I need to do this for my living well with Lloyd Ashley Page. I'm, I'm building, I'm doing this. It's, it's, for, it's for something else. Well, no, it's for me. Like I'm being, at that moment in time, I'm being selfish. I'm not giving the utmost time to my little girl. Or luckily, sometimes I'm loaded up with two little girls and I'm still trying to grab my phone at times. I'm thinking, like, what are you doing? Just enjoy where you you are now because there'll be times I've been sat in training that day thinking I can't wait to go home and see I'm hope they're doing okay and then when I'm there I'm not fully present so I'm not saying it's something that we all aspire to um, but it's how do you put those small steps in place and because I think about it I'm a lot more present than I would be without it but at times I'm still not good enough as well and yet you're right like my wife says to me your wife will say to you and at times I see um like friends catching up, like everyone's caught up. They're in a circle because they want to be in that communication and in that circle of trust, whatever you want to call it. And we've all got our phones out. It's yeah. Like, yeah. And you go in, you look at it from afar and you go in, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> so we, we, we're starting to have a chat and then you say so-and-so, oh, what about you? And they go, oh, what do you say, sorry? And then it's like, but then sometimes someone will go, all right, put your phones on and let's, let's, let's have a shower with this. And then you start going, you start flowing. People are saying this, people are saying that. And you're going, I never realized that. I didn't know that. Oh, whoa, why didn't you say that to me a couple of weeks ago? I didn't know that was going on for you. And then you're thinking, yeah, I haven't been present. So it, it, there's little things that we're always going to do. And I'm not, by just saying we should be present, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying that it's going to make anybody else perfect. But hopefully the more understanding we have of that, the better we will be for everybody around us. And 
the better for us. Like, it's it, like I'm openly honest about it. So, me being really present is also quite selfish because I want to take from that. I want yeah. to take that love, that energy from that. But that's a good thing because you're giving the same back. So if we can remember that it's not only going to benefit the other person, it's going to benefit us. We all know that we've had a conversation at some point with somebody else where we've been fully in it, fully engaged. We've put a lot into it, a lot of emotional energy, a lot of jet, a lot of physical energy. And we've come away from it, probably heard a lot of things that we didn't expect to hear and gone, so glad I did that. I'm so glad I did that for my, for my mate, for my wife, for my family member, whatever it is, for my teammate. So glad I, I uh, took that time. So please don't think that it's easy for us to say. I remember you used to sit in school and you said, the teacher would tell you something and you would be like, oh, look, you know it all. And you, you've got all this and you do it right. Well, I openly admit that I don't do all this right, but there's the things that I try and focus on uh, all the time and connections are huge to me. I've been very fortunate to be in a job where you're around so many people. And I look at, uh, at the moment with a pandemic going on and people are not able to go to work um, and see their workmates, teammates, whatever you want to call them. We're so fortunate to be able to go to work every day, do what we do. And obviously this changes is things that are different, but you still get that chance to see people still get that chance to celebrate the little victories with each other. And you still get a chance to forget the times where other things are frustrating you as well. And that's, that's really important that people have that space where they can get, like, this is a stress session. If it, if it is listening to the podcast where you get rid of your stress, whether it's having a glass of wine, whether it's going out for a nice walk with a dog, whether it's going for a run, going to the gym, whether it's just picking up the phone to somebody, whatever it is, it's so important that we have that time where we can just sit back and enjoy those moments it's it's difficult isn't it because it's it's a bit so, so for instance i i didn't start speaking about my my personal journey until probably about a year or two ago and i hadn't spoken to anybody about it in, apart from my wife and she's the only person in the world that knew knew about my like depression and anxiety and it took me ages to come out and speak about it and now i'm just like i literally don't care who knows because if I'm speaking about it, it's helping other people out to sort of think, oh, he's just a normal guy. He's speaking about it. You're, you're speaking about it. You've got your living, living, living world page. And it's just like, it's just great that it's just great to help people. I think it's, it's not, it's, it's nice to put those things out there, which might actually help people. And I've said all along with, with this podcast, that if it's helping one person out and there's one person listening, it's like, Oh, that that's really relatable. I can take something from that. Amazing. Like as long as it's helping somebody, I don't care. Yeah, and it's fine as well. We always say, and like I always say it definitely, and I and we genuinely I would say ninety-nine percent mean it. The fact that if we have one person, that's enough. But then we're also so we're all search for likes as well. We're in a modern world we search for likes. Like you were saying earlier, you're like, oh, so-and-so followed me on my yeah. <laughs> on my page. Like, I've done the same. We're, we're not. But then it's like, right, how do we take it back to the basics that it is important that if we have one person, that's the most important thing, that let our ego go away and that if we put out something that meant a lot to us and it come from the right space, it doesn't matter if nobody likes it. It doesn't care if nobody's even looked at it because it meant something to us and then maybe hopefully at some point it might even be two years on the line somebody scrolling back and goes oh that's how I felt that's how I feel today 
that's mm. that explains how I feel today. And that like and that's really hard at times in the modern world we live in. Like I've had people say to me, like, Oh Lloyd, you put a lot of work into the living well stuff, but you haven't got like that many followers or you don't have that many likes on this and this and it's and then and then you sort of trying to explain that that's not what it's about. Mm. But other times I put out stuff and thought, oh, I put a lot of effort into this. This will, this will go down well. This is what we think. This, this one's going to be, so it's going to go down a storm. Everyone's going to love this. And then you're thinking, you've looked, you picked up your phone maybe half hour after you've uploaded something and there's nothing on your front cover. And you're going, well, nobody's like that or nobody's <laughs> commented on that. We, we've, like, we've all done it. It's no, and like, we, can't, we can't hide from that. But then it's just remembering who we are and what's important to us. Uh, one of my uh, good friends who retired from rugby um, uh, early because of a a serious concussion, he said to me when I started opening the uh, Living Well stuff, he said, um, once you let your ego go, you'll do really well. I was like, mate, I'm going to ego. Like, I'm fine. And then he started, I started then, a couple of weeks later, I started getting a video ready to introduce Living Well. And then... I started doing it and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have a mick taken out of me for this. Boys are going to get into me about this. And then I thought, I sat back and went, Lloyd, it doesn't matter. You're doing this because it's important to you. You care about what you're doing. So even if people do say something, just be fine. Front up and just say, yeah, a good one. That's, uh, that's a good one. Because there might be one person who comes up to you and says, thank you for doing that. Really appreciate that. And that's more important than all the negative stuff you have. And fortunately, when I put her up, I had so much positivity about it. Everybody's saying, like, fantastic, hugely needed, like, love what you're doing, like, direct messages that come that people don't want to share publicly. And you're like, yeah, okay, this is even more needed than I first thought, even though I thought it was thought it was well needed. Conversations are going on in your page. You're like, I'm glad people have got a bit of a safe space to speak about things. But you still have those negative comments, but you're able to go, no, it's important to me. My this isn't attached to my ego. So when Ben John said that to me, I thought I didn't really understand it first of all. And probably the more I'm doing is the more I'm starting to understand it. And I do do often think now, right, let your ego go, do it because it's important to you. And that's understanding you as a person and what's important to you. And it's not always easy to do that because we get carried up, we get caught up in the world, the society that we live in. We don't always think about no, actually, what am I? what's important to me and go back to those basics. And I do think, like you said earlier, I do think the pandemic has given a chance for people to go back to that space and find out how they get their endorphins, their dopamine hits going again to really make them get their chemical engine, uh, their chemicals to fire to really make them feel happy as well. So um, I do think those things have really helped me. I think it's funny that you said that our, I'm worried about putting this post up and I'm worried about doing this in case my mates think X, Y, Z. And it's always in the back of your head, isn't it? It's always a bit like, oh, what if t- somebody takes the piss? What if what if somebody reacts to it badly and starts slating you for it or saying, oh, what a waste of time? Blah, blah, blah. The small fraction of that happening is is like, it's like 1%, it's less than 1%. I was a bit, like, so I've, I've, I've just started doing this little, little campaign on, on my page that I thought, Everybody's going to think it's a bit stupid. And all, all it is, is I've started writing out these little yellow cards and then laminating them and then just hanging them in places so that people can, they're like little positive quotes, basically. 
and people like started sending me photos of them around Milton Keynes and like they've there's this is one one of my one of the people listening to the podcast actually tries to hunt them out now and I'm a bit like that's so cool <laughs> this is so it's so cool when you think oh this, this is going to be really really stupid people are going to sleep with this my my mates are going to why, why are you spending your lunch break writing these little cards out like doing that and then you get but then you get you get one positive reaction. It's like, oh, it does make it, it's making me happy. It's making other people happy. So it's a it's a win win situation. So I've, like, it's yeah, it's funny you should bring it up because it happened to me yesterday. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, and it and whether people admit, like, so many of us go, I don't care what they say. Okay, then why are you not doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, um, because of because of this, and we we search for an excuse and. And we talk about how harsh uh, social media is, and it is, like some of the comments are, but they're, they're like that as well. There's so many positives, but we've, we, we, and we should focus on those vibes and negatives to try and get it out because some of it's way past the mark and too, like, should not be said and threatening your lives, whether um, homophobia, um, sexism, so many things that we do need to stamp out. But there's a lot of under that where we always highlight the negative ones. There might have been 10,000 that went for some serious superstars, some 10,000 positive comments that we don't actually highlight and go, no, that actually influenced that person. It's changed, it might have changed their lives, might have just changed their day or their minute, but it's made them feel better in that moment. And we're not very good at uh, doing that because we... Um, like to point out the negativities at the time and I just seen when you when you were talking about writing down those notes and the, the smile on your face and how much pleasure it's given you so what does it matter what did it matter if nobody picked it up but probably even from reading that quote and writing it down you felt better you took in that quote yeah. and so it's had an influence on you so so what if, even if all the time and effort laminating it and putting it somewhere didn't equate to anything it still made you feel better and yes like seeing people and having people's comments back to say look really enjoyed that or i picked up this one i i like it or yeah completely agree with that quote that, that it means a lot to us so like we said we do it because we care and there's the selfish element in that and the very positive to helping others as well which is one of our if you have a look at the nhs five wheels five ways to well-being helping others is is one of those like so and you also get the connection from uh, from people coming back to you so it is so important and uh, just understanding that and just for others to understand as well that they're they're able to do stuff they're and trying to create safe spaces for people is the most important thing because uh, um, it is hard to be vulnerable. Like mm-hmm. like you said, even though you've already broke down barriers by putting a podcast out, having an Instagram account, but still you felt a little bit nervous about doing these notes. Like, so you've broke a couple of barriers. And what about somebody who hasn't, who hasn't yet broke that barrier down and is the first one? It's going to be harder. There's going to be more thoughts about it. It's going to be more worry about it. And often we are really worried about what's to come. And it's never that bad. Like, I, I go back to a story when, um, I, when I was uh, trying to, I was a trainee plumber on the side of rugby. I thought, oh, rugby doesn't make it. I need something on the side. So I uh, become a qualified plumber. And when I was in training, I put my foot through a ceiling, um, sat in an attic, sat in a joist, uh, got cold down. 
put my foot straight to a ceiling. Lovely. I had Mick taken out to me, um, horrendous. Uh, all the rest of the day, I felt sick. thought, oh my God, what an idiot you are. Um, yeah, why are you even doing this? It's pointless. You're a waste of space doing this. Get, get home in the evening. Um, I, my my fiance at the time, my wife now, was saying to me, what's wrong with you? I was like, oh, I really embarrassed myself. I put my foot through a ceiling. I know good. I don't know why I'm doing plumbing. It was a stupid idea. Shouldn't have listened to you. Shouldn't have done it. It's, it's no good for me. I need to focus on my rugby anyway. All this big, big palaver of a story. My boss had already said to me, if you come to work next week, you've done a good job. But after I've let it go and move on, but he's obviously taking the mick out of me as well on the way home. And I'm like, uh, my ego has been battered because I made this mistake. Next Tuesday night, I'd always text him on a Tuesday night to say like, oh, pick me up at this time. I probably, instead of texting him at like seven o'clock in the evening, probably text him about half 11, 12 o'clock in the evening. So I've been trying to put, so I've been putting it off thinking of excuses. Say he was supposed to pick me up at half eight, they're probably there at 20 past eight thinking, all right, I can still text him and say I'm ill. I can still text him now and say I can't make work today because otherwise it's going to be so bad. I'm going to have, everyone's going to take the mick out me. We'll go back on site and he's going to have told everybody. They're all going to be running over to me ready to hound me about this. I jumped in the van. He says to me, oh, man, I've managed to get that ceiling skim when the boys done it for me for a favour um, that he owed me. Uh, no worries about it. Well done for turning up to work. How did the game go on the weekend? I'm going... What? That's what he can say about it. Ten minutes later, we're down the road. He's speaking to me about all the other things, about what's going on, what job we're going to. Boy, you don't care about that. You don't, that, that ego thing that I had going on was just to do with me. It wasn't to do with mm-hmm. how you were feeling and how you betrayed them and, and the actual situation. It was just me betraying that situation. So I learned a lot from then that the fact is that Everybody else has a life as well, and there's lots of other things going on. And sometimes those insignificant moments that seem to crush us, and we worry about how bad they could potentially be, are definitely going to be nowhere near what uh, what they actually are in real life. And I think that's a huge learning lesson for everybody because we create this story inside our head. We see our life through our own goggles, and not many other people see see our lives through the same goggles as we see our lives so that's so important to try and take a message from that we will make mistakes at times we will seem a little bit like idiots maybe but that's okay we learn from it we'll be better people from it and that won't last with everybody else as well they'll get on with it and that's my one worry about social media if we put it out there it stays out there Whereas in when we live in everyday life, it, it, it's not the case that people are able to get on with it. So I think that's a big learning curve uh, that I learned from anyway. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you think, oh, like, like you said, you felt really stupid doing putting your, putting your foot through a ceiling. But it's like, that's you doing it and you building it up inside your head. But then, in, like you said, in the grand scheme of things, the guy that picked you up the next day was like, I've got my own life. I've got my own worries. And he, he just sort of glossed over it. Cause he was like, but you made a little mistake. Yeah. And he'd made going. mistakes in the past as well. Exactly. Like well, yeah. we've all had so, um, like whatever, whether they're the same ones or different, we've all made them. I mean, I still do that now. Like you, I'll do something that I think, Oh shit, that's, that's really bad. Like that's going to, I don't know, have a, have a big effect or something. And it's like, it's nothing. It's literally nothing. Tell me about what what's coming up with the Living Well with Lord Ashley page because it, it's it's a really great page. And you know, I had a look at it and I was like, 
there's some really good stuff that I can like you've put some really great stuff out that I can learn a lot from and I think that by doing that you're well you're, you're helping a lot of people out because you've, you've had those personal experiences and you're, you're putting them out there so what where do you see the page going yeah that's that, that obviously that's the hope that we are um it is able to support people it is able to give people um an understanding a basic education on certain points that uh, but i'm still educating myself so there's certain things i go and see now and i go i really like that i like there's loads of other pages i go on i look at and i say to people oh, can i use that because that's really good it's a really maybe an image it might be a quote it might be an actual article and i say oh can i use that because that is how i see it and I think it gives people a better understanding of what's going on. So basically, the, the page is there for a basic education, carry on breaking down the stigma, get as many people as we can involved in the conversation. And that's why I do the four questions with on a Friday and try and ask people from all different parts of the world. Like I haven't just stuck to people from, from Wales, England. I've tried to get people from, um, like we had Matt Gitto on, who's uh, Australian international. We had... Um, Jim, uh, Jim Hamilton on is a Scottish international. Um, uh, this week, um, this week we had Ryan Jones on, who was Wales captain, toured the British Lions. Uh, we've got people from uh, hopefully all walks of life as well, not just because uh, even though everybody sees them as the elite athlete, like everybody travelled a different road to get there. They wasn't born the elite athlete, so I think that's really important. So that's that's where hopefully their pages go and just carrying on the education and. Um, I've, I've done a lot around mental health. Hopefully there'll be some more around mental illness and people understanding that what different mental illnesses are like uh, psychosis, schizophrenia, so that if people are, have been diagnosed close to them, that they can have some understanding of what these things are because they, they're going on. People are being diagnosed and hopefully they can support better. So that's, that's where the page is going, just carrying on, hopefully breaking down the stigma and moving forward with the help the um a bit of guidance around uh around mental health and prevention that people can put in but um as a business we um i've just i'm just designing now a schools program for comprehensive schools which will uh deal with year 11 12 and 13 uh boys dealing with um resilience uh, like emotional understanding the fact that what are their risk factors? What's coming up? What's going on? The changes. Um, got the resilience for rugby program going on throughout the academies. I've got a healthy living schools program that goes on in primary schools, and then also doing the um, first aid for mental health qualifications in businesses. I'm a qualified instructor, so I'm able to I'm able to do those, and then also doing the um, positive well-being in workplaces structures. So. That looks at the culture of a workplace, the understanding around uh, mental and physical health in a workplace, and then what people would like to see changed or what changes they'd like to make. And that's really important that it's interactive because from afar, it's easy to say, oh, you should have this, this and this in place. But whether whether it's shifts that get in the way, whether it's the fact that people are not in the office that gets in the way, there's going to be lots of obstacles in the way of presenting i don't know whether you say a coffee morning well actually we can't do a coffee morning because not everybody's in okay what can we do then how can we put this into smaller sections that people still have a safe space how do we 
you make it how, what events can we put on that everybody's available for how can we work with uh with the employer uh, that they give some time to this and they show that the humans first in their environment so it's just just changing those things so yeah there's quite there's quite a bit going on yeah. um but absolutely loving what I'm doing and hopefully the pilot scheme for the uh, uh, resilience program in schools goes well because I think it's really important age, 16 to 18-year-old uh, boys, testosterone start coming up. We think we have to beat our chest all the time and we can't show any vulnerabilities. And uh, hopefully we can show that there's a time where we can sit back, enjoy doing what we're doing and chat about what we're doing openly and honestly. And hopefully if that's coming from a professional rugby player whose uh, face has been looked like, bit uh, battered and a bit bruised that hopefully it comes from a different perspective rather than uh, rather than a teacher or a counsellor or a psychologist that they might not relate to and I'm not saying I'm going to be the relatable person to everybody but hopefully I can pick up a group that uh, hasn't really spoken about it before and hopefully I'm a help for those people as well. I never wanted to look back and regret not doing something that meant that was purposeful meaningful to me and hopefully making a difference for other people as well. And I know people say all the time, oh, it's making this difference. And those moments you sit back and go, yeah, I'm glad I'm doing it. And I'm glad it means something to me as well. It's definitely making a difference because, I mean, like just chatting to you for an hour or so now, it's like you see things from a different perspective. And I think by talking to other people about their journeys and their experiences, it, it kind of helps you understand some of yours. So... Yeah, no, thank you, thank you for coming on and chatting about everything you've spoken about because it's it's helped me a little bit and it's nice when that happens because it's like I didn't expect to come on here and learn so much from you. So important, and that's why I always say perspective, uh, understand other people's perspective, see what you're maybe not getting quite right in your perspective, changing attitudes towards certain things, and being open. Like every time I've gone to speak, you've sat back, taken her in. Every time you've gone to speak, I've done exactly the same because I want to understand how you see these things and uh, hopefully you understand now where I see certain things. And like this is why we talk about the education and statistics. We talk about one in four people will have a, uh, a mental illness at, at some point that we all know four people. So we all need to understand about uh, mental health and mental illness because at some point we might not be directly affected by it but we're probably going to be indirectly affected by it so the more we can learn the more we can educate each other and understand from other people's point of views the better we are going to be for ourselves our loved ones our friends our family our teammates um colleagues old work colleagues old school friends so the the better we are going to be for the society and the community around us so i think um it's so important i think well done for you for putting yourself out there and doing it because it's hard being vulnerable in our space it's easy it's easier being able to say maybe to your wife or to your close friends but then be putting it out there where you're not sure how you're going to be judged what's going to be said and we have seen at times that like the social media side of things can be very ruthless. So like we didn't, like you are not going to know when you first put it out, how, what's going to come back, but you're willing to put yourself out there. And that makes hopefully somebody else feel like, Oh no, I can be vulnerable. I can actually speak about this and what's going on and how I feel. And then if that other person affects one person, all of a sudden we're there. 
that you might not be directly affecting the person three, three rows down, but indirectly you have because you've given somebody else the space to be able to say, yeah, it's okay. Like, it's okay to say how you feel, say the journey you've been on, what's been, what's been going on and what you've learned from it. And that's the biggest thing. I, I think at times we get caught up in the story of how it could be a massive trauma. And then other people are saying, I have not had that trauma though. So why am I feeling like this? Mm. But actually you have said to me, Oh no, I've, I've equipped myself better by speaking to people, being on this journey. So then other people are going, oh, I haven't had that trauma. But actually, speaking about what's going on for me might actually help me. So I've educated myself and I haven't just compared myself to the outlying trauma or the incident that went on because that is going to cause mental illness or uh, poor mental health for people, major traumas. Like, I'm not saying everybody goes through a major trauma will struggle with their mental health or have a mental illness, but a lot a lot will equate to that. But it's not only those people who've had major traumas that struggle and have poor mental health at times. We're, we're all on a continuum of our mental health. Like some days we might be really good, sometimes we might be bad. It's also, like we spoke about in this conversation, there's times that you could have spoken to me and I'm not in as good mood and I maybe I'm not giving as much away or or I'm giving less away or I'm a bit hungry so my mind's elsewhere so that being present and coming back to what's important to you and understanding what's important to you but also not being that closed book like you've said things today that I've gone yeah no that's like I, like you said about writing the quotes down and putting them in spaces I understand that at times where you've walked past something and you've gone like that, whatever it is, whether it's a quote, whether it's a picture, but it's meant something to you. So that, like, I've learned, I've learned from that, and I've thought, yeah, I've done that loads of times and not really taken it in. But now you said it, like, why it was important to you and what your feedback you've had back. That I thought, oh yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Mate, carry on what you're doing. Um, carry on educating people. Carry on gaining understanding, gaining knowledge from people because. You're not only going to be better for your podcast, you're going to be better for you, you're going to be better for your wife, you're going to be better for your new job. So, you're, and you're going to have more fulfillment and a better life. So, like, that is not selfish doing that and carry on doing it. Get people carry on doing it. Carry on enjoying those moments. If anything people take away from this podcast, let's hope after they've sat in the car or listened to the podcast, wherever they are, they put their phone down and enjoy being present in whatever they are present in at that time. So yeah, mate, thank you for, thank you for the space. Thank you for the time, the effort. I'm sure there's lots of editing that's got to go on and uh, cancelling <laughs> and changing of uh, how, how things sound. So good luck with that and good luck with season two as well. They've, uh, like we said earlier, you put yourself out there. You've been brave enough to put yourself out there. It's gained a lot of traction, a lot of following like you wasn't expecting. So carry on doing it. People are obviously, it's meaningful for people. Um, and even if it's only me and you have had a chat today and nobody listens, well, happy days. Because me and you have taken stuff from it and that's all the matters as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. F- thank you so much, mate. It's meant a lot for you to come in here because, again, six months ago, I would have been too scared to ask you to come on this. You I'm never like, know if you don't ask. That's yeah, exactly. one big thing I've, yeah. I, that I've got. And I say to people, they say to me, oh, you've got so many fantastic uh, guests on four questions. Where I said, yeah, but there's also about 100 emails waiting in other people's uh, inboxes or they haven't picked up or people who said to me, yes, I'll do it. And they never got back to me or people who've opened it and never got back to me. But as long as we don't let that get to our ego and think to ourselves, yeah, we tried. We tried to make it better for us and uh, the viewers or the people learning from what we're doing. 
then that's all that matters. It's coming from a good place. It's not, it's not coming from a place of thing. And um, I've learned this a lot. We've got um, a personal development manager from the WRPA called Tim Jones. He's an ex-police officer. And he is big on have the opportunity. Enjoy doing what you're doing. Try and do something. And if it doesn't come off, at least you know it didn't come off. At least you tried. You can never go back and then say, I didn't. I wish I had tried it at that point. Give it a go. Whatever it is, give it a go. And then you actually know. So it's good to learn off different people as well in, in that respect. It's been, it's genuinely been lovely speaking to you because, like I said, I've learned a lot. I hope you've learned a few bits. And yeah, it's, it's just been really nice to speak to someone else about kind of what's going on in the world mental health as a whole and just yeah, everything that you've been doing which is which has been great so thank you so much mate mate good luck with everything and uh speak to you soon yeah speak to you soon bye See bye you later. a huge thanks to lloyd for coming on the stress sessions and speaking about all the great things he's doing to raise the awareness of mental health I say this at the end of every episode and I always will because I think it's really important. I'm not a professional. The topics I talk about are very important but all of the views are of my own and of my guests and we're all just here to raise awareness and encourage people to reach out for help if they're struggling. There are loads of fantastic mental health charities and organisations who specialise in giving help so if you're suffering from a mental illness I've included a link to all of these in a podcast notes if you need them. Thanks for listening and remember to follow, share, leave a review if you can. I know you can't if you're on Spotify, which is very annoying and continue to support the stress sessions. By downloading each episode, whether you suffer from mental illness or not, you're educating yourself just like me. So thank you and have a lovely week.